0: You're locked on to Hans Olsen and Scotty Chin. Chin, chin. That's right. Yeah. On 97.5, the KSL Sports (laughs) Summit.
1: This is Scotty, 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. our Jazz Preview Show. We do it every Thursday from 1 to 3 right here on the Zone. Uh, we always chat with Craig Bullerjack in the first hour, and then we get to the man himself, Tim Lacombe, in the second hour. We'll catch up with Tim here in a moment. Jazz and Sons coming up tonight. Will Hardy's got his work cut out for him as he's got to patch together a lineup with new guys coming in but not available yet. Old guys out the door on the trade, but... Mm. Trying to find a way to make it work.
2: And the Utah Jazz have finalized that trade. Kelly Lenick and Ochai Agbaji to the Toronto Raptors for Kyra Lewis, Otto Porter. Yep. Man. About four years too late on Otto. Well, there was a year, though. Oh, yeah. There was a year or two with Otto Porter. And a 2024 first round pick, which sounds like it's going to be somewhere around 29, 28, 29, or 30. Yeah. Somewhere in that range. Um, The first round pick will be the least favorable of Oklahoma City, Clippers, Rockets, and uh, Jazz in 2024. So
1: the Jazz are done on the trade deadline. Jordan Clarkson stays. Colin Sexton says, stays. THT stays. Lowry Marketing. Lowry Marketing
2: stays. <laughs> Many I didn't think you guys are doing. <laughs> that they would. <laughs> And when I say many, only one only buffoon. One. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Why do you make me be Charlie? Whoa. I No, I, w- I was just giving a state of
1: the team. <laughs> All right. Joining us now, he's one of our favorite dudes on the planet and uh, breaks down basketball as good as anybody. And I might add, he'll be hanging out with me on the Utah State-Boise State game coming up on Saturday. It is the great coach, Tim Lacombe. Coach, how are you?
3: Guys, what is going on?
2: Just loving and living every single day, trying to follow everything that's going on in the NBA, Coach.
3: Well, it's It's definitely a good day for that. Um, And the deadline is beyond us. I've been kind of looking forward to getting this day beyond us for the last couple weeks. Um, It has been something I've noticed over the time. This is my fourth year, if you can believe it, doing the Jazz. Um, And in my four years, I think the – um you know this trade deadline has come around every year and it's caused a little bit of ruckus and i imagine everybody gets a little bit twisted up by it but we're through it now and uh, we kind of have a clear vision at least through the end of this year what the jazz you know have have in their pocket and you know i'm excited to talk about it so
1: all right, so let's talk about, uh, first off, um, the loss of uh, Ochai Abaje and Kelly Olenek. Uh, they're out the door. The Jazz are able to secure the services of Otto Porter about four years too late. Um, and, uh, but, but let's, let's kind of just take a closer look as to what you anticipate that this roster will look at, not just tonight, but going forward. How many minutes do you anticipate Taylor Hendricks will, uh, will get now that he's probably a full-time member of this team?
3: Well, that that was one of the goals. I mean, I think if if you take this kind of cut it back to face value, you know, the Jazz had two guys in Simone and Kelly who were expiring; their deals were going to expire. Um, and I think for the price point of where those deals are, you know, we're going to be now, uh, and the fact that the Jazz have seen and kind of evaluated uh, each of the guys for a while, you know, decided to. Rather than to to re up, you know, to move them now and get something, I, I did not see one other first round pick. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the Jazz were the only first round pick. Um, you know, they got tossed yeah. around, and so that tells you right, you know, there that second round picks were kind of the currency, and the Jazz were able to get get a um, you know a first using the expiring deal um, of Kelly along with Ochai, who has a a team option next year. So the jazz have been through their initial couple of years. They have a team option they They've decided, Hey, we love Ochi as a person, you know, direction, you know, as a direction though, we're, we're going to pursue other options. And so that's kind of at face value, all the guys and, and parts, partially the reason. Um, I think you add into that. Now, the fact that, as you mentioned, Scotty, Taylor Hendricks is the guy you drafted last year and it was unique because he was a guy who was a little bit ahead of his clock. Um, you know, nobody really had Taylor Hendricks this this summer before going in the first round and he kind of came onto the scene. So really his, his experience has been different The first part of the year. And this is all plans, right. Um, that we don't necessarily have access to, but they, they want to acclimate, acclimate him to life in the NBA. Uh, Looks like we
1: lost Coach there for a second. We'll try to get him back on here in a moment. But uh, talking about Taylor Hendricks, give me what you think minute-wise. I'm thinking 17, 18 a game, probably in that range.
2: Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I think if you creep into that 20-minute range, you're probably hitting some of the ceiling with him at this point. But I'm expecting to see some of that. You know, we did see a sense of ball earlier in the season um, for a matter of whatever it was, four or five games. Didn't see a ton of usage just saw him yep. jump onto the scene for a minute and it makes you wonder if we see him a little bit we were talking to Bowler about him and he was the 28th pick you remember back and you had the 9th, the 16th and the 28th pick that we all sat there on draft night, I think you were there on that draft night oh, coverage, yeah. I know Coach Lacombe I want to say I was there with Steve Cleveland for a bit
1: oh no no, that was I was not there for that one
2: you, were you not on that one?
1: that was the kids wedding day
2: that, oh that's right uh, Jake Scott was yeah. was hosting it. And we were sitting there watching these draft picks, thinking, all right, well, they're going to move them, right? Like, there's going to be some type of movement. They're not going to take all three. And sure enough, they didn't. And I've got to imagine that a lot of what we're seeing right now is to try to open up space, most importantly for Keontae George some for Taylor Hendricks and maybe, 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 maybe some for Bryce Sensabaugh, they, they want to take a look. And, and remember Sensabaugh was dealing with injury as he was coming into the league. He had, he, he dealt with a procedure. So he's just starting to round into form as well.
1: Well, and th- those are guys that can be, you know, look you know, Taylor Hendricks was going to have to have meaningful minutes come up in October. Now you can get him meaningful minutes in February and March and April going into the stretch run of the season. Coach Lacombe back with us as we continue to wrap our brain around what we've seen over the last couple of days. Um, but again, you mentioned coach, not a lot of people are dealing out first round picks and the jazz were able to secure at least one of them. seems like people are tightening the belt around the league a little bit, but the jazz continue and Danny Ainge continues to ratchet up the assets going into next, going into the off season.
3: Yeah, it was Ben's and I apologize. I dropped. I don't know what happened. Um, but my cat now is very well educated because about five, I was about five minutes into that uh, explanation. So <laughs> while our listeners perhaps may still be in the dark, my cat ran off and totally understands the jazz now. Um, yeah. Uh, no, I, you're exactly right. And, and I think, you know, you got to look at these things like windows. They're windows where the jazz have opportunities to change and tweak their team, to add pieces to. Uh, maybe subtract pieces which then opens some things up like we see here for the younger guys um i'm i'm stoked about taylor hendricks getting more time i, I love watch i loved watching him play in his short little stint uh with the team but this is all big part of a, of a master plan you know he needed a lot of minutes regardless of where they were and so his development has been more in the g league to this point um and then Sensaba had to change his body And he had to get in better shape, and he had to get used to kind of the speed of the NBA. Um, And so in his – you know, I saw him the other night. His body looks great. So, again, two guys that are part of the plan. We just haven't been able to evaluate, or the Jazz haven't necessarily at the NBA level. That's one of the great things in the last 30 games they're going to be able to do.
2: So the Utah Jazz were sitting at 500. 500. And there was a couple of wins these last two wins. I think that energized the crowd and made made us all feel like, okay, this could be a play in team with the jazz selling, which is what we've seen them do take a lot of assets. Are they absolutely out of the top ten seed now as they finish out this regular season
3: oh no way i don't I don't think they that they, they are i uh, I think what's kind of cool right now is this is um a challenge for everybody that's left. And, um, you know, obviously they're going to miss a lot of what Kelly brought, um, you know, in terms of facilitating from that big spot, but I think they can, you know, I think they can compete. I think the, um, you know, the margin for error is certainly going to be a little bit less and guys are going to have to really lean into the team concept and, uh, really it's going to be how fun is it going to be to see Taylor Hendricks out there? Like you t- you guys talked about before I got on about closing games, we talked about that with Bowler. Um, But Taylor Hendricks being able to close down NBA games. And, you know, my, my hope is that the Jazz continue to have success. And I think they can. I mean, Colin Sexton and Lowry Markin have been phenomenal. And um, as long as guys can be solid around them, um, you know, the one thing that Taylor showed he can do at the NBA level is he can defend and he can make shots. So that seems to be a piece that you could plug in there, and um, albeit young, and he's going to probably run into, you know, obstacles here and there. But this is a fun time for the Jazz. What do you uh, what do you anticipate from Otto Porter? You know, I don't know. Um, I I think it's interesting because I think there were a lot of opinions about Chris Dunn you know when his name popped up and people are like oh man what it's a relic what are we doing and and it just so happens that chris dunn has had a marvelous time here in utah and really kind of resurrected a career that was just paused for a bit you know um so i think there's part of it where you sorry and we lost again him. oh there we I'm go back. now
1: we got you back uh, yep, we got I, you
3: back I, yeah I, I hope there will be you know i hope there'll be a little bit of uh opportunity for for the the young guys to kind of make an impact. But I do believe that it's a, uh, this is going to be fun. I think it's going to be fun to watch from a different way. You know, you're going to have to watch it a little bit different, understand that some of the strengths that the Jazz had aren't going to be there. But, um, man, like I'm looking forward to just seeing tonight in the difference in the team. And hopefully they can bond together and uh, kind of play with the fire that Sexton and Markin have been playing with all year.
1: Yeah. Otto's only played 15 games this year. He only played eight games last year, 63 the year before that, three. You know, obviously there's there's not much there that uh, that is there to be had with Otto Porter, but it would be interesting to see if there's – because, you know, there was a moment where it felt like, hey, that, that guy would be a good jazz man. But uh, those days certainly appear to be in the rearview mirror. All right, so let's talk about Phoenix. One tonight. Now, you, you know, Will's got his work cut out for him because he doesn't have the uh, – he doesn't have anybody new here yet, and he's got to work with the uh, with, with guys out of the lineup. How do you think this thing gets pieced together?
3: Well, I love that. Uh, I love when Will gets to do this. I think he's a great tinkerer. Um, and, and like I said, you know, I think that they, th- these are these have been really successful pieces that have kind of helped the team get to this point. Uh, but there are still a ton of pieces, um, really successful pieces here. So tonight, you talk about Phoenix. They are the 15th ranked offense, or excuse me, defense, and 6th uh, rate, rated offense. Obviously, it's going to be, um, I guess it's up in the other whether Booker's going to play or not. I think he's kind of nursing a hip or something like that. So I think it's uh, it's one where tonight the Jazz just have to continue to build on the last two games. I think they found that little sweet spot on offense again where the ball really is moving. And then they were able to, the fourth quarter against Milwaukee, and then I thought they really battled uh, all, all game long. They had to against OKC because they're so good. Uh, but they've got to continue to really focus on the defensive end, and, and a huge part of it is ball, con- ball security. When they turn the ball over, it's really hard for them to get a handle defensively. Um, the other night they turned the ball over against, OKC okay, nine times in the first quarter or excuse me, in the first half uh, for 18 points. And in the second half, they only turned they turned over still probably five or six times, but they only gave up three points. So turnovers for touchdowns will be big tonight. They got to eliminate that.
2: You know, Coach, I was looking at who does remain with the Utah Jazz and some <laughs> of their contract situations. And Jordan Clarkson goes through another deadline and another offseason and another trade potential and still exists with the Utah Jazz, and his contract runs through the 25-26 season at $14 million, and the Colin Sexton contract runs through the same season, 25-26 season at $19 million. Is it safe for Jazz fans to look at this and say, all right, well, whatever this building process is going to be, Colin Sexton and Jordan Clarkson, along with Lowry Markinen, sure seem to be a part of the plan of that future.
3: You know, I I don't know that I'd go to that extent. I think, um, you know, with Jordan, for instance, now there was a lot of interest in him this year, and and I think he still remains a movable piece. The the big change is this summer. His his contract goes from what is this year 23, twenty three almost twenty four yeah, like, million down uh, to fourteen. Right. So in the summertime, you've got a again now you've got a guy who is still really coveted, but in a salary slot that is way more digestible for a team that's trying, you know, a team that's possibly got their their team together. That seems more like that mid-level, you know, 11 to $15 million piece. So I think um, – is that crazy we're saying- Yeah, we'll go ahead and let Coach go
1: and uh, let him get ready for the game tonight. Jazz taking on the Phoenix Suns. Of course, you'll hear him and Jake Scott on the pre-half and post-game shows. You'll hear David Locke and Ron Boone on the call as the Jazz take on the Phoenix Suns.
2: Man, uh, that <clears throat> that does make a big difference. Going yep. from twenty-three five down to fourteen million.
1: Yeah, that, I'd forgotten that that contract was front-loaded like that.
2: Yeah, and you get two years at that number at fourteen million with yep. Jordan Clarkson. That does make it a really enticing piece, and what you could potentially do with some of that flexibility. John Collins is on the books till twenty-five twenty-six when he has a player option at twenty-six point five million dollars.
1: Yeah, he'll pick that up. I think. I think that's a pretty safe assumption.
4: I
2: think that'll be a pickup for John Collins in 25, 26. And then we know that the Utah Jazz. Well, at least we would think that the Utah Jazz are going to max out Lowry Markkinen and make him a long piece tour, uh, uh, be a long term piece of this team. I would certainly imagine. I would like to see it. Yep. Because absolutely. I think Lowry on a championship team could be a very solid two.
1: Give that man a good chunk. Give that man his money. Very solid two, right? Yep, yep, absolutely. And solid twos, really good twos, are max guys. Are max guys. Yeah. All right, hands and Scotty live here at Tim Daly Nissan in Murray, 4528 South State Street. So many great savings going on right now. 0% financing on some of these models. Uh, some at 1.5%, 2.9%. Uh, you're going to save more money going through Nissan than you will uh going through local banks and credit unions right now especially when you're looking at used vehicles now if you go used you know you're going to get hit with the a lot of the interest rates that are out there right now if you go new you don't have to deal with that nissan's its own bank so they can handle it whatever they want to throw at you and a lot of these are at zero percent so I'm telling you, it's a weird world we're living in right now. And you know, the old standard was I can't afford a new car, so I'm going to get into a used vehicle right now because of these interest rate savings. You can get into a new vehicle for about the same price. On your monthly note as a used vehicle if not lower it's that weird it's that crazy it's that bizarre of a world that we're living in right now so you need to come on by say hi rich and the crew ready to help you out 4528 south state street and rich um you know you look at the forever warranty you look at the uh situations that people are dealing with right now and and i love the fact that somebody could come in here and say hey look rich i love this i love this Altima, uh, i love that it's got all-wheel drive i love everything about it or i love the pathfinder But here's the thing. Right now, uh, I'm still recovering from the holidays. Uh, Can you give me until March? Can you give me until April until I start making the payments?
5: You know, coming in here is like making up your own sandwich. You know what I mean? You tell me what you want. You want some of this? You want some of that? You want some of this spread on there, huh? Oh, you, you don't know. want to pay for it for for six months? Five? Well, you want, yeah, five six months. Hey, just <laughs> let me know. <laughs> We're masters here, okay? Uh, having an association with fifty banks uh, at least, and and having a, a, the experience level that we have of taking care of our customers, we know that people have issues, they have problems. They're 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 trying to take care of their families and themselves, and a car is is an asset to accomplish things in their lives we love we love doing that for our clients and if someone needs uh, an extra few months not make the payment on it just let us know we can we can make that arrangement it's uh, we're so flexible I can't give you all the different ways we can do it because I haven't heard all the requests as soon as we get that request we do our best to make that happen yeah it's amazing we're flex
2: well I'm sorry go ahead what is your biggest seller right now
5: on the lot? The Rogue. The Rogue, the all-wheel drive Rogue uh, has got some terrific uh, programs going on right now where you can get as low as 1.9% financing for 60 months on that car. And uh, it's all-wheel drive. It's always been a big seller for us. And it's a family sedan. And yet, with that turbo in it, when you pull off the line, you might be a dad, you might be a mom, but there's still that great feeling of, mm, I think I'll be the next first one at the
1: next line. There you go. Because <laughs> I can. Because yeah, you cause can. can. Yeah. Check it out Tim Daly, Nissan and Murray, forever warranty. Rates incredibly low on these new vehicles. Everything uh, and, and a great sales staff to help you out. It's right here at Tim Daly, Nissan and Murray, 4528 South State Street, right here on 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone. This is, this is DJ and PK.
0: Jason Cole, senior writer from
4: 33rdteam.com. How much do you get caught up in legacy? Legacy does mean a lot. You start to talk about what differentiates guys, why guys go in the Hall of Fame. This is the reason. This is why you say, okay, where does Andy Reid start to rank among the all-time coaches? Does he go from somewhere in the top 10 to
2: does he start to sneak up into the top five? Patrick Mahomes, are we talking about he's in the top
4: 10 or does he start sneaking up there with guys like Brady and Montana and you know Manning and all those guys. Mahomes, just based on what he's done so far, is probably a Hall of Famer. Reed is a Hall of Famer, but now we're talking about a different level of it.
0: Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Presented by Murdoch Hyundai, Utah's number one Hyundai dealer for 16 years in a row on 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone.
1: Hans Olson, Scott Gerard, 97.5, the KSL Zone. Ben Anderson is going to join us here in just a few seconds, but right now let's give away some tickets. It's the Utah RV Show coming up at Mountain America Expo Center February 15th through the 18th. We're not giving away five. We're not, give, or we're not giving away one. We're not giving away two, three, four. No, we're giving away five tickets. Yes, a good Utah family of five can go to the RV Show right now. Call number 12, 801-575-ZONE. All right, Ben Anderson, who's had a very busy day today, breaking down trades, writing on kslsports.com, posting things or, uh, obviously uh, on the air with uh, Jake from uh, 10 to 12. Uh, he joins us now. Ben, I know it's been a yeoman's day for you, but thanks for hanging out with us for a segment.
4: This is why I'm employed, so uh, I'm happy to do it. <laughs> All right, so uh,
1: I was a bit underwhelmed by the trade, but then you look and see that, Nobody's really handing out first-round picks, so did the Jazz come out of this pretty well?
4: I think if you look at what they did yesterday and what they did today, and you combine them together, I think they did okay. I think had they just traded Kelly Olynyk and O'Chayabaji for a couple of expiring deals and a late first-round pick, it might have been underwhelming. But considering, you know, you got another big basically first round pick for Simone Fontecchio who probably wasn't going to be on the team next year anyways with you know the, the price so it looks like he's going to get this offseason uh you get another guy coming over from Europe at some point who seems a little bit intriguing and is still kind of in the NBA conversation that we talked about yesterday i think that's intriguing so i think overall They they probably did fine. Did they win the trade? That'll probably be determined by what these draft picks look like. They got okay value for what they were putting out. You know, I don't think they hit a grand slam like the Knicks did. I don't think they failed the way I think a lot of teams around the NBA did either.
2: So give us and the listeners a little bit more information on Kyra Lewis, the piece that came over from the Toronto Raptors with Otto Porter. We've now heard a couple of names that we're not real familiar with in these moves, one with Vontekio and now with Olenek and Ochai, but tell us a little bit more about Lewis.
4: So Cairo was really exciting coming out of Alabama. It's why he was a lottery pick number 13, actually a higher pick in the draft than uh, Ochai Abaji was uh, not the same draft, but you understand he was a higher lottery yeah. than, than even Ochai was. So, uh, was a really good player and reclassified from his junior year, basically skipped his junior year to his senior year so he could go to college a year earlier. So he went to Alabama as a 17-year-old and started. And then by his sophomore season, he was the best player on the floor every single night in the SEC, and he was only 18 years old where most of those guys are 19. He was averaging 18 points. He was averaging five rebounds. He was averaging four assists. He was averaging two steals uh, and, and really looked like the mold of, de'aaron fox you can even put colin sexton in there a little bit you can put you know uh any of these kind of speedy guards that we see dennis Schroeder, that have really kind of made hay for themselves in the nba as role players now his first year in the league they kind of brought him along slowly you remember there was no training camp which hurt every rookie that year uh, because it was the first year after covid so they just started the season The draft was in November. I think the first games were right before Christmas Day. There was no real time to get these guys a summer league. There was no time to get these guys a full training camp. So a lot of those rookies never even had that stretch to kind of develop, understand where they were, and figure it out that way. So he doesn't play a whole lot on that Pelicans team. Goes into his second season, tears his ACL in December, so pretty early in the year, is out for the final 55 games of the season. When he comes back midway through the next year, which was last season, the Pelicans in January had the best record in the Western Conference before Zion Williamson got hurt, and you can't bring along a rookie who's or I should say a young point guard who's rehabbing from an injury on a team that's trying to get a home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs. You you can't do it. You don't see teams do it, and they weren't going to do it either. So he just somewhat circumstantially never really got a great opportunity to make it. Now here's the problem. That doesn't mean it's owed to him, and it doesn't mean he will make up for lost time. He may have just come into the league at a bad time and had a bad injury, and it's going to end his NBA career. Or he's a little bit of a diamond in the rough. He hasn't had a full chance. The Jazz will give him an opportunity over these last 30 games of the season if he can play, if he's even out there. The Jazz didn't trade any of their guards today. They've still got uh, plenty of depth at that position, and they're not going to prioritize Kyra Lewis over Colin Sexton, Jordan Clarkson, or Keontae George, so maybe he just doesn't see the floor. Or Chris Dunn. So maybe he just doesn't
1: see the floor at all. You pointed out the stats earlier today on uh, on Twitter: ten, uh, or excuse me, fourteen first round picks over the next uh, five years, including uh, ten unprotected, uh, one top four, one top five protected, uh, and then you got three pick swaps as well in the mix. is that, uh, I mean, that's look, that's a heavy arsenal Danny Ainge has. When I mean, I know we're all waiting for the timeline on which and when they pull the trigger. Do you think, and again, I'm asking you to just project a little bit, does this all hit in one fell swoop, or is it just uh, some accumulation over time to really try to rebuild this roster?
4: No, I think it, it will be somewhat over time, and they'll make some of those picks, and they'll trade some of those picks. But I remember specifically Justin Zanuck after the Jazz traded, Dan, or, uh, <laughs> traded Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert uh, saying, we don't just have enough picks for one home run that they have two. you know, that they think they can get two home run players with these types of trades. And that was at the time where they didn't realize that Lowry marketing was already a home run that they had hit. They didn't know how good Lowry marketing was. He wasn't an all-star. This was immediately after they had acquired him. And most people thought he was maybe the second best player in that trade behind Colin Sexton. So they didn't know what they had. And then they still had enough in their opinion to make two major home run swings for players that they weren't going to give up some of those draft picks this year for, uh, you know, a PJ Washington or a Bruce Brown or some of these guys that would be available that they could have picked up this year, but don't don't qualify as you know those big earth-shaking moves that would have forced them into the playoffs or allowed them to win a playoff series or compete for the conference finals. So I, I think they wanted to hold on to those. I think they've been conservative. I think today was a pretty conservative day, even though, like you mentioned, Scotty, they got a first-round pick, which did not move all that wildly or all that easily this year, even in what's supposed to be a bad draft. So uh, it's hard to get. It's another asset the Jazz feel like they can trade, and it just continues to give them some flexibility.
2: Is Lowry marketing with the Jazz long-term, Ben?
4: Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, I mean, I I think he's going to be here for the foreseeable future. And kind of the nice thing about Lowry and where the Jazz are is, you know, originally we were kind of – and originally, I mean, like as much recently as six months ago, you're thinking – Man, if you have to go and get a, you know, a Luka Doncic or a Giannis Antetokounmpo, you probably have to include Lowry in that pick or in that trade, which you might have to have had six months ago. The more of these young guys you draft, ideally a couple of them develop into good players. They're intriguing young guys. You've got these other twenty-plus million-dollar salaries that are floating around on the roster, of which there are a couple. Now you can start mixing those $20 million contracts with some of the younger players and draft picks, and you don't have to give up a lowry And ideally to get you know one of these other top 10 players back, and you hope you can hold on to your core and then still get other good pieces that might even be better than lowry Markinen. So uh, I do think Lowry figures into the long-term plans, and then if you get enough of these young players that hit and develop and you still have other proven guys who are, who are starting to evolve and emerge this year, you can use those pieces in a trade to to get that next superstar
1: when uh, when do you think we hear word on an extension for Hitman do you think it's a supermax
4: uh it'll be as much money as they can give him unless he's willing to take less you know i mean i don't think the jazz would let him walk next year so not this summer but next summer when he's an absolute unrestricted free agent they wouldn't let him walk because they're offering him $5 million less than the max barring a, you know unforeseen injury or a serious downturn in performance. I would be surprised if they did that. So if it behooves them to extend him early and they can save money this offseason, I could see that happening. Uh, if they feel like, hey, Lowry, you know, we want to get this, you know, these moves done in free agency and we want to spend our money now and it, it's smarter for us to wait on you. They could do that as well, and I can see them working that out. And I think one of the things I've seen on Twitter a lot today, and I think people should make sure they recognize, is like the, I don't think the Jazz are wasting Lowry marketing's in his prime right now. Like, yes, he's significantly underpaid. He is. There's no question about it. But I've never gotten the sense he's unhappy in Utah. He reiterated earlier this year that he's happy being here. I think he likes that he's the guy on the team. I think he likes that he's having success. He knows he's going to get paid because of the opportunity they're giving him. I don't feel like there's a clock ticking with Lowry in time here in Utah the way it certainly felt like it was with Donovan Mitchell and Darren Williams and even Gordon Hayward.
2: Ben, there's been a few guys that I've watched pop up across the league that – I kind of wince and think, ah oh, man, maybe the Jazz should have held on to him. Ah oh, man, he could have been a good piece for a long time, but for the most part, they just kind of drift into non-existence. Um, what is your prediction with Ochai Agbaji and and his move now to his new home and his fit in this league? Do you think there will come a time where we're like, ah oh, man, that would have maybe been a nice piece to hold on to?
4: Uh, honestly, I would bet no. Uh, and that's not a knock on Ochai uh, or, you know, what, that he couldn't have a five- or, you know, ten-year NBA career even. But it's like, you know, how hard is it to replace Ochai Abadji in free agency? Like a guy like Daniel House just got waived. Daniel House today is a better player than Ochai is. So those types of guys actually aren't impossible to find. And when the Jazz got Daniel House, they got him for nothing. I think they got him for a second-round pick. So you, you don't have to give up a lot generally to get some of these kind of high-variant – three and D performers, even though we talk about them being super valuable. So w- coming into the year, one of my real questions about the jazz was, are either Simone Fontecchio or Ochai Abaji true NBA wings, like NBA rotation level players? Because I know Ochai played pretty well at the end of last season, but it was fluky and, you know, so did Luka Shamanich. And I don't think Luka Shamanich is an NBA player right now either. So some of these guys stepped up and played well, but it's it's really hard to read into the last 20 games of the season of what's real and what's not real. And so I wasn't a full buyer in what Ochai had showed, and I wasn't a buyer in what I had seen from Simone Fontecchio and wanted to see who would emerge this year. And it was pretty clear that Simone Fontecchio just went out and won that job because, guys, it doesn't make any sense to give Simone that starting job over Ochai Abaji unless there's a pretty clear gap in what's going on Behind the scenes. Like, you don't give a 28 year old Italian rookie or a second year player on an expiring contract minutes over a lottery pick one year removed from your acquiring him unless there's a major gap in how they're playing on the floor. And clearly, the Jazz felt like there was a major gap in how they were playing on the floor. And then when they traded Simone, still, that gives you some insight on if they thought Ochai wasn't as good as Fontecchio and they were willing to trade Fontecchio for a second round pick, what did they think about Ochai? Clearly, it wasn't this future star who's got all this untapped potential that they can't wait to get carved out more minutes. They could have given him 30 minutes a night this year if they wanted to, and, and they didn't do it. They clearly didn't see that for him. So uh, I, I'm not, I don't think the Jazz were fully bought in on Ochai. I wasn't ever really fully bought in on Ochai. I was probably even a little bit lower on Fontecchio than some people were locally. So I, I kind of understand why the Jazz did this and no hands to answer your question. I don't think five years from now the Jazz are looking at Fonte or at, at Ochai and and saying, "Man, can't believe that guy slipped through their fingers."
1: So obviously there wasn't that Paul Gasol like groundbreaking deal today, but is there somebody who got markedly better, uh, or was this all just cosmetic today?
4: No, Nick's got a lot better. I mean, we've seen it, guys. I mean, it was the I want to say it was Game One against the Memphis Grizzlies that the Jazz lost because Donovan Mitchell wasn't playing. You have to go back and look at the box score, but I think Boyan Bogdanovich had thirty points in the first half of that game. Like thirty points in a half of a playoff game. He's he's that good, and maybe it was only twenty, but still, like talking about twenty points in the first half of a playoff game. Boyan's a great basketball player. Now he's got some flaws, but I even remember, you know, going back to those playoff series of the Jazz, there was a lot of times where it was looking like Boyan was the best perimeter defender the Jazz had, better than Royce O'Neal, certainly better than Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley and and the other guys that they had. So I think Boyan actually can fit in and do some of the defensive things that Tom Thibodeau requires his team to do. And then we know he's a 40% three-point shooter who can get 14 threes off in a game, which is really hard to do. So I love that pickup. Alec Burks, kind of whatever. I mean, you know, good for him yeah. for still being in the league for 13 years. He's not a huge difference maker. He's not going to be the reason you win a playoff series, but maybe he gets them through the Julius Randall injury now for the next couple of you know weeks or months until uh, Randall can come back. But you no, know, Boyan's a huge acquisition, and the fact that they did it without giving up any future first round picks, and they've still got I think seven or eight picks that that they're you know either own or are owed. Where if they want to go out and Make a splash and still get in conversations for a Donovan Mitchell or a Trey Young or whoever these guys are when they become available. They're going to be able to do it. So I think the Knicks have been really impressive. I was amazed at how good they looked the last time we saw them when the Jazz were in New York. And I, you know, are they better than Boston? I don't know, but where I as I would have thought before the season, if those two teams met up, Boston would have beat them in four games. Like it's probably closer to seven. And if you go to seven games, it's a toss-up as the Miami Heat proved last year.
2: Ben, we got to let you go really quick, but before you go, just a really quick answer on this one. So what ends up happening with the Taylor Horton-Tucker? His contract expires this year. Does it expire and he's just out of the league?
4: Uh, no, I bet he gets another shot. I bet his career is not over. Whether the Jazz buy him out or keep him around, I bet you he gets another shot in the NBA. He's only 22 still, 23. He's, I mean, he's he's young, and he's been somewhat productive when he's been on the floor. Not efficient, but productive. Mm.
1: Ben, you're the best, man. We appreciate it. Great work today. And again, everything at KSLsports.com. Make sure to subscribe to the newsletter, download the Jazz Notes podcast, and make sure to listen every day from 10 to 12 with you and Jake Scott. But great stuff. Thanks.
2: Thanks, Ben. Thanks, guys. See ya.
1: There he is, Ben Anderson. Right here on 975, the KSL Sports Zone. We'll wrap this thing up. Uh tee up the ball for JJ and Alex when we come back right here on 975.
0: This is Jake Scott and Ben
4: Anderson. The radio voice of the Utah Jazz, the one and only David Locke. I suspect we're going to see a lot more Taylor Hendricks before the end of the year. What do you make of that? He has to start playing at some point. And I think we can get an asset in exchange for clearing playing time for him. That's what you just did. I think it'll be really interesting to watch. He's been in the G League for a long time. This will rejuvenate him. Some of his play out of late felt a little bit like maybe he'd been there for a long time. And I think it'll be really interesting. He showed defensive flashes. I think he's going to have to learn how to play hard. I think he's going to have to learn how to play every night which is hopefully two things he learned in the G League and then I don't expect like massive skill development he's still you know over time going to have to learn how to dribble and pass and I just hope we see a little bit more than just a corner three shooter like I'd like to see him play inside a team concept now that he knows he's going to be getting 20 minutes of the night
0: Here Jake Scott and Ben Anderson every day from 10 to noon on 975 the KSL Sports Zone on the Jazz, Utes, Cougars and Aggies? Yeah! We've got you covered. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5 The sports SportsZone. Standing here beside you, want so much to give you this love in my heart that I'm feeling for you. Let them see we're crazy. I don't care about that. Put your hand
1: All right, wrapping up another edition of the show. Hans and Scotty, 97.5 BKS Sports Zone. No, that guy actually did well for himself. Me and Hans, on the other hand, not so well. Tell you what, if you want your stock to to do well, tell Hans and I to stay away from it. Because as (laughs) soon as we invest a little money,
2: in the tank uh to the moon with the whoops the dog coin yeah <laughs>
1: All right, Uh, Rich is hanging out with us. We're live here at Tim Daly Nissan in Murray, 4528 South State Street. And tell you what, there's so many great things going on. There's so many great opportunities. A lot of people, Rich, are thinking, oh, man, I screwed up. I I did not get a car in the end of December, and all the great deals are gone. That's not true. You can still get great savings, great interest rates, more for your trade, and you're still offering the world for these people.
5: Yeah, we're offering the world, and uh, and for most of our clients out there, Tax time money's coming oh, that's back true. in. And yep. That's
1: the time
5: where you want to invest some of that money and get the car that you want. Um, and for a lot of our clients, uh, maybe they want to keep a portion of that tax money and use a portion towards the car, or maybe they don't want to use any of that money towards the car, but they want to get the car so that they can go on vacation. Mm-hmm. Huh? It's cold right now. huh
2: it be nice Southern to drive Utah.
5: south, wouldn't it? Drive south, California, Arizona. Oh, it's so nice and warm down there. Nice to have a nice rig to go down there with, with some cash in your pocket.
1: Whatever you need a vehicle to do, Nissan's going to have a model that's going to match it. You need a truck, boom. SUV, uh, uh, sedan, whatever. You've got it. It's going to match.
5: Yeah, trucks, sedans, SUVs, we got them all. And we got different sizes in each category. So, you know, I like small, medium, large. Hey, no problem. I got you covered. Uh, I want one of that. hey, no problem, got you covered. Hey, you know, I want one just like that, but I want one two years old. Hey, got you covered. You know, it's a got you covered kind of month. Uh, I love it.
2: I was surprised to hear the used inventory you've got on the lot right now.
5: Uh, we work hard at it. You know, we bring, that, we bring that inventory from all over the country. We find the nicest stuff out there with the best price we can get on it. I got the best buyers in the business. And, uh, you know, so when you come in here, you're kind of shocked at what we can sell some of these cars for. And most of our clients are. They love it. And, uh, and we work off of volume. If I wasn't doing volume, I couldn't give those kind of prices. But with the kind of volume we do, uh, we do more volume than uh, probably anybody in the state. I, I don't know. I don't look at all the numbers, but we do a lot. I have a lot of cars go out of here every day.
1: Well, that means you pass those savings on to customers too. So you you don't have to you don't have to make up as much. That means you can pass those savings on. It's all about moving inventory, and people get to take advantage of that.
5: That's right. They win, and um, our customers win a lot. Or we win a little bit. There you go. That's it. So it's a win win. That's how we roll.
1: Forty five twenty eight South State Street is Tim Daly Nissan and Murray Rich. You're the best man.
5: Thank you very much. Look forward to seeing you guys it's again. The
1: February Love Fest going on yeah. down here, all kinds of love and that means it's going to be good in your pocketbook as well as you get to save a bunch of money. Tim Daly Nissan and Murray 975 DKSL Sports Zone.